Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Kuppa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at kuppa.com forward slash podcast. So welcome back to another episode of the Location Technology Podcast. I'm joined here once again by Antti Kainulainen, our CTO. Hello, Antti. Hello, Joseph. Um, so today's uh, podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, Kupa versus Bluetooth. Now, I'll add a little caveat: it's not versus. We're not. We're not. We're not out there against Bluetooth. But um, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to educate the market a little bit on the differentiating factors uh, between Kupa and Bluetooth. Because um, I think a lot of the time there's there's a bit of a misconception or uh, perception that Kupa is uh, a Bluetooth-based technology. Uh, and it's often perceived as being Bluetooth. And obviously, within the RTLS market, we have ultra wideband, we have Bluetooth, uh, there's RSSI, there's uh, Wi-Fi, GPS, so so many radio technologies. So I think the the point of today's uh, podcast is to talk a little bit about um, what the difference differentiating factors are uh, between Kupa and Bluetooth. So. In terms of the first question, um, Bluetooth have recently uh, released the um, 5.1 version, so uh, at which also, which includes the um, direction finding features. So why would why would anyone need Gopa anymore if uh, Bluetooth already already has that? So let's let's talk a little bit about the differences between uh, the history of why we chose Bluetooth as as a radio technology. Yeah, so. Um the, 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 as, as you may know, our roots are in Nokia Research, and that's where the Bluetooth Low Energy also originates from. And uh, we had this, uh, how to say, lucky coincidence to, to, to work with the team that was developing the, the Bluetooth Low Energy back then. It was Vibri or whatever. And uh, we figured out that the radio they were doing is something that pretty much will, or, or how to say, hopefully we'll find its way pretty much everywhere. And we've seen that it's starting to be a reality now that there are wearables and all types of different assets and so on, which already contain the, the, the Bluetooth compatible hardware. And uh, that's where kind of why we thought that we should, it would be really beneficial if the, the, the system that we are building would be able to locate these devices as well. And uh, therefore, it was an easy choice for us to, to concentrate on that. And uh, so far, we've been pretty happy about it. So we have a lot of tech partners, a lot of different devices, a lot of different mobile phones, Android, iOS stuff like that that we can now locate and offer services for for the for either for the user end user or, or for our partners okay so so if we look at um, the the way that the system actually works and um, it will probably get a little bit technical now when we talk mm. about um, the channels and how how the system actually works so what is the difference between uh, Bluetooth direction finding and Gopa direction finding? Well, uh, there are a couple of uh, really low-level differences. So we can work with Bluetooth signals. We can work. We are interoperable with Bluetooth. Uh, I said we don't need the 5.1 necessarily. It's a Bluetooth 4.0 and forwards. It's enough. 
as long as you uh, turn the DR Bluetooth device into a Coupa um, compatible mode, so you need to you need to add there uh, some uh, software or code to do it. There may be already existing in uh, in, in partner devices and so on that the end user does not need to do it. But but anyways, the Bluetooth as such uh, is not yet enough. Uh, but then also we can do what we call the proprietary mode, which is something that if you don't want to be interoperable with Bluetooth, like there we know that there are, for example, in the industry, there are sites where you can't use Bluetooth at all and stuff like that. And in those, you you can just turn the Coupa into a proprietary mode and then it will, it's not even interoperable with Bluetooth anymore. Um, but then when we talk about that, that, that kind of why isn't it enough that you just take some Bluetooth and device and put it in the ceiling and start doing positioning. So as uh, explained in the earlier podcast, I mean, we are, we are uh, just taking very raw samples from the, from the locators and fusing those together in the QB. And uh, the, the Bluetooth is just specifying basically the, the, the air interface that how, what should the, te- the device do in order for the locator to receive the signal? The standard doesn't really ne- tell what the, what the locator should do or what the QP should do. So that's something where we have our own um, kind of uh, knowledge and, and, the, and the, the history behind. So we know how, what should the locator do, how you should, you should design the equipment to provide uh, signals in a way that the QPE then can form a, as good radio picture of the of the of the of the situation and then then that what what is the QPE doing with the samples from the locators also completely out of out of the of the Bluetooth standardization scope there are some examples there are examples how to do the locator and examples how to do the QPE but they are just examples Sure. So, uh, and I, and I guess uh, this touches on on the tags as well, because if if the uh, if the system is working in Coupa proprietary mode, the tags I assume would also have to be like uh, it within that proprietary mode to, in order to work with that uh, with with the Coupa system. So I guess that's why we have so many tag partners that we work with to try and actually build these. Um, uh, robust, reliable tags that actually work with our system that are not just Bluetooth compatible, but are also Gulpa compatible. Correct, correct. So, especially in the industry domain and and in sports and so on. For example, if you would try to use Bluetooth in a in a sports stadium where you have let's say ten thousand or, or twenty thousand spectators with with their with their mobile phones and all the other uh, wearables that nowadays people have, you you couldn't do positioning there. It would be just impossible because the Bluetooth is and Wi-Fi and all those are really jammed, crowded, so, crowded. Yeah. So that's why we need to have the. The, the proprietary mode in, in also in the sport environment that we can do the, the sports tracking and as said industry there may be cases where where the the interoperable bluetooth is not accepted at all and in those cases the the proprietary mode is is something you can choose and uh, but you can also turn the, the third system in a kind of a dual mode so that you can you can if you want to have a proprietary operation and BLE operation and so on so it's 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 versatile and you can 
select what you what 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 chooses or what suits you best. So so with that being said, what what is the relationship with corporate and Bluetooth at the moment? I'm I'm sure in later later episodes we'll probably have um, a representative of Bluetooth coming online and um, and explaining a little bit more about the relationship. But wh- where do we really sit with Bluetooth in terms of um, how we worked with them previously and how we're working with them today? Yeah. So so the whole Bluetooth direction finding stuff is actually originating from us. So uh, back then we were still working with Nokia, uh, and uh, obviously the, the 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 target from for from Nokia was to to, to standardize so that the, every Bluetooth device would off the shelf be be compatible with this direction finding features. And uh, so we that actually that work was initiated what two thousand and probably so quite a long time ago and it's not finalized yet so there's still work ongoing and we are also involved so we are obviously for example um, regarding this device centric mode where the where the phone would do its or, or or the device would compute its own position so that's something where we are now especially are working with the standardization that it would be a standard way how the locators i.e. the beacon of steroids would send the signal and then that every device out there could use that signal to to feed it into the into the positioning engine that's inside the phone and i guess we touched on it a little bit just now and and previously in in one of the one of the previous podcasts as well but um let's talk about some of the benefits of being uh, sorry bluetooth compatible instead of um let's say uh, with another radio technology so I, i know that we mentioned about the the number of devices and the kind of history and seeing that we have this BLE uh, radio in so many devices now, I guess that is like the main benefit of being Bluetooth interoperable, less so compatible. Correct. So that's that's the main thing that we have a lot of devices that we can work with. Uh, requires a simple uh, update for the device, but but there are variety of devices and variety of tech partners already there out there. Uh, but it's not only that, but I think one of the main things is also that when we are working with hardware that is based on Bluetooth, the hard, the, the, the volumes and the engineering work that goes into that is amazing. So there are a lot of big companies in the world working with it, which means that we can just enjoy how the battery lifetime. I mean, we don't need to worry about deep kind of going really deep into the engineering of the tag to make it low power and lasting a long time and make it as simple as possible and mu- as affordable as possible. That's kind of a side product of, 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 of the all Bluetooth development. And uh, we, we've seen it over the years that, uh, for example, the battery lifetime numbers are amazing. I mean, we started 10 years ago and thought that this is really, really cool that the tech can last one year or whatever. Now it's like we're talking about 10 year or even more with the, with the very latest uh, chips that is are the, the Bluetooth vendors are producing. So I would I would say that it's a, it's an amazing opportunity for us to to work with the with all the all the Bluetooth hardware out there. And I think um, that's definitely one of the differentiating factors with uh, by using Bluetooth compatible tags into when we're talking about this kind of battery lifetime versus our competitors, because there are other uh, radio technologies available on the market, but it's 
one of those use cases where if a worker is wearing um, a, a tag, they would have to put it back onto charge every almost every single day, or every every week they would have to charge it. Correct. Or in a, in a sports environment, for example, like like we previously mentioned, um, it's it's very uh, troublesome or cumbersome to actually be able to have to have to be able to recharge the tags all the time. So that's that's definitely one of the benefits from. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We have we've had this vision of one dollar ten year lifetime tag and. Uh, we're moving towards that. We're getting and, there. Uh, that, that that's good. And I mean, there are even, and it seems that that's not the end of it. There's the the Williot and the others are working with the tax that are basically charging themselves from the from the environment and uh, kind of. There's a lot of uh, good things that the that the Bluetooth ecosystem produces, especially for the tax, and obviously for the future also the phones and all the the smart devices out there that could could then compute their own position. So there's there's a super uh, huge opportunities that 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 come from working with Bluetooth. So it's fantastic to see where we've where we've um, come from and where we are today. But how would you how would you really see the future? And one of the reasons I mentioned this is because Fabio uh, Belloni, our, our chief customer officer here, Coupa, he he wrote a blog on. Um, Cognitive positioning, which is actually available on our on our website at the moment at corpa.com under our blogs and articles section. But um, he talks about not necessarily, you know. Uh, well, we we've just spoken about how the differences between corpa and Bluetooth. But in the future, where would we see our positioning engine in terms of being almost radio technology agnostic? So we won't necessarily. It doesn't matter what kind of radio technology you're using, but it would be compatible with the Corpa system. So is that is that kind of similar to where you see the future of? Yeah, our yeah, system? yeah. Our so our our the the positioning engine and the algorithms inside are built in a way that uh, you can uh, or, or what the QPE can take in also other sorts of data than just this angular picture or the angular domain information. So obviously, r- ranging information can be can be utilized, and uh, also other type of data coming from other sources. If there's a barometer or some other um, kind of um, sensor that could help with the positioning, can can be utilized. And uh, so we are we are seeing a future where, for example, the Bluetooth will provide ranging at some point. I said, I mean, there's the the, the the good thing working with the Bluetooth is that there's a lot of these companies, and one thing they are developing now is is, is distance measurements with using a Bluetooth-based radio. Uh, and obviously, there are other technologies that can measure the distances, so we can just take the data in and feed it in the QPE and 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 use it, for example, to to enhance the the positioning data in in in, in certain environments. So. Definitely, and already now, I said it's uh, it's uh, it's not just based on some na- naive <laughs> thinking that we just measure a single angle and just draw a line where those angles inter- intersect, and there that's where the tag is. But it's it's much more um, sophisticated, and, uh, and and yeah, we're going towards the more to having it more cognitive and being able to adapt to everywhere. So we'll. We, we that's definitely what we what we see and and as you said where the QP should run I mean we see that it's of, of course 
with these tags, which are very simple and, uh, and uh, low power devices, obviously the QB will still need to be on a server in the cloud where somewhere. Uh, but but obviously in the in the future, the the, the smart devices, the, the mobile phones and so on, then the QB, our target is to have it there. And there it's even more, how to say, uh, probable that we will have a lot of other data sources because you have a lot of sensors there, you have different radios, you have whatnot, and then the QB can really kind of enjoy all the all the data that it can can have. And and I think one of the things that we we speak a lot about is um, obviously in the beginning we were producing these uh, these uh, antenna arrays and and this locators and the hardware, but what we're really trying to do is transition from becoming that being that hardware uh, company into really that software company and this kind of falls into exactly what we're talking about now which is that you know we we can be almost hardware independent and still take in those distance measurements from uh, a variety of different types of radio technologies so that's really where we where we see ourselves as as Gorpa trying to get to in the future yeah yeah and uh, I mean we've, we've started that journey with the tags we have the tech partners. We have the the, the lot of uh, different models and uh, kind of uh, <coughs> hardware out there on the tech side. Uh, we don't see it the problem that we couldn't do the same with locators and the other hardware. So that's that's what we are are working with and uh, trying to tr- to to make it possible for for also others to, to produce the, also the infrastructure devices, which obviously makes it much more scalable and uh, also uh, affordable in, in different environments. You, could, you can and kind of optimize the, the hardware design and so on. So definitely that's, that's where we are, we are targeting for and we'll see. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Antti. It's very, very um, insightful. So um, in, the, in the next episodes, we'll be talking a little bit more about those, uh, the features of our technology and the benefits for these kind of different vertical markets. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you, yes.